0: Welcome to the service this morning. We're glad that you've chosen to come and worship with us this morning. If you're here visiting with us, we're especially glad that you're here. We hope that you know that you're an honored guest. And we'd invite you back to be here with us at any time that you're able uh, to be with us. As we begin this morning, I'd ask you to uh, think to yourself and answer uh, the question that is up there. Where is your comfort this morning. Where do you find comfort? Where do you find your peace? When we think about where we find our comfort, uh, we can think about a lot of things. Some of us are, are comforted uh, when we're working. Some of us find peace in, in working. Some find uh, peace in in accomplishments or money. Some find peace uh, being around others. Well, I want you to stop and think about where do you really find your comfort, your peace this morning. Uh, when I talk about uh, comfort and that that feeling of being comfortable or being safe or being at peace, uh, there's. There's, there's a feeling I want you to think about, and if you don't understand this, uh, there's three reasons you might un- not understand this analogy. Uh, one, you might not have done enough laundry in your life. Uh, two, um, you might not have ever been poor enough. Or three, you don't have any children yet. So, I want you to think about this feeling. A very simple analogy is this. One of the greatest feelings is when you go to do the laundry and you reach into a pocket and there is a $20 bill. If you understand that analogy, I want you to think about that moment. There's something about the labor of doing that laundry, but in that moment when you reach into that pocket and you see that number 20, there's just something that stops time. If you understand that analogy, then I want you to ask yourself... Where do you find your comfort this morning? You know, this psalm that Isaac read is a psalm that we begin to learn at a very young age. It's one of those psalms that we have songs about all on its own. It's one of those psalms that we take a child And we we tell them over and over that these are the words that they can memorize and take to heart. But how often do we take these words of David and look at these words of David and understand truly what David was telling you and I? If you have a Bible this morning, I'd encourage you to uh, follow along. All the scriptures that I'm going to use this morning, I have on the board. Uh, But I hope that sometime after today, you will not just state or repeat the words of David, but you will truly take to heart the words of David. David says in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside the still waters, he restores my soul, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and my staff, they comfort me. What was David saying? If we take this literally, then what David was saying was that somehow God picked him up and carried him out to a green pasture and set him out there and there just happened to be water flowing where he set him. See, that's literally what David was saying. But David was saying something much more important to us. David was saying, let me tell you where I find my peace. Anybody ever found peace in a pasture? Some of you might have found peace out on the water with a rod and a reel as you throw it out there. And it's just you out there on the water. Some of you might have found peace in some beautiful landscape, whether it be mountains or trees or green pastures. David said, when I stop and I think about my comfort and I think about my peace, when I think about those green grasses that I can just lay there and be, When I think about those waters as they flow gently by, but wait a minute. David the king said this You know, there's other things on my mind at this time. Wouldn't it be neat if all we had in life was green pastures and still waters? Wouldn't that be neat? See, David didn't stop there. David says, There's something else in my mind. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death look how he continues this he says thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies thou anointest my head with oil my cup runneth over so David didn't stop at just this beautiful picture of a landscape and where things were still and quiet and there were no worries he said wait a minute see there's something else in my mind see I'm a man of war And as a man of war, I recognize that I have enemies. I have those. I recognize that there are those that are out to get me. I recognize that there are things that are coming after me. That there are things that can stand in the way of those green pastures and those still waters. But surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If you don't understand yet where David found his comfort and his peace, let's go back to where he started. The Lord is my shepherd. When there's green pastures... When there's the stillness of those smooth flowing waters. When my enemies are out to get me. When temptation is out there. When everything is weighing on me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I want you to notice something that David says. I want you to notice that David doesn't take it lightly that he started with the Lord is my shepherd. Because here's how he finished. He said, I can look over the course of my life. I can look over all of the things that are happening. I can look at all of the things that can consume my mind, whether good or evil. I can look at them all. And here's what I keep in mind. I shall dwell in in the house of the Lord forever. Where do you find comfort this morning? I want to look at a verse that Jesus said in Matthew, the 11th chapter, and we usually save this verse for the end of a lesson uh, because we hope that this verse will tug at your heart. But I don't want it to just tug at your heart this morning. I want you to understand what Jesus was saying. Jesus said in Matthew, the 11th chapter, and verse 28, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What was Jesus talking about? You know, sometimes what we need is sleep. So, what we need. Sometimes we need sleep. Sometimes my daughters need sleep. Let me put a plug in. If any of you don't have anything to do at 2 o'clock this afternoon, go up to M.K. Brown and you can watch what the hard work of Brianna Montgomery and a bunch of high school students has been. And a whole lot of parents. Uh, And I'm going to tell you, I would imagine when today is done, Brianna is going to, look back and go right now I just want some sleep and I know a bunch of high school kids are going to be relieved from a lot of hard work was Jesus talking about sleep see that's what we look at rest as if you go back and you look at the translation of that word rest that means pause Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you pause. (laughs) It literally translates a break. You ever been overwhelmed? What is overwhelming to you? Because I assure you, we are all different. There may be something overwhelming to you that to me seems minor, but guess what? Overwhelming to you is overwhelming, whether it's overwhelming to me or not. You know, there's times that we all just need a break. We just need comfort. We just need rest. What did Jesus say? Did Jesus say, if you want a little rest, go do the laundry? There might be a little bit of peace, a little break there. If it's a $1 bill, maybe not so much. But if it's a $20 bill, take your chances, do the laundry. No, you know what Jesus said? Jesus said something uh, much more important for you and I. He said, there's a lot that can weigh you down. There's a lot that can take away your peace. How did he recognize that? He said this, ye that labor and are heavy laden. There's a lot that can take it away, but you know what he said? Come to me. That's what Jesus was saying. Jesus was saying, you want to know where real peace comes from? You want to know where a real break comes from? It comes from me. It comes from the Lord. I want you to notice Philippians, the fourth chapter. In Philippians, the fourth chapter, Paul is writing to the church at Philippi, and he says, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. How does he do that? I don't know. I don't know how he does it. You know what? You don't know either. Wouldn't that be neat to sit down and go, well, let me me tell you about the peace of God. You know what God said? God said it's not something you can understand. But let me explain something that it does. I don't know how he does it, but I can tell you that Paul tells us what the outcome is. Paul said there's a peace of God that passes all understanding, and if you seek it, if you seek it in prayer, here's what the result would be. Paul says it will keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Jesus. What does that mean? What does Paul mean that it will keep your hearts and your minds? I want to think about that. Paul starts with this idea here in these two verses with be careful for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Worry about nothing. That's a big task, right? But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. What is that talking about? You know what Paul was talking about there is something that we've talked over and over about, and that's about prayer. But let's break prayer down. What is prayer? Prayer. Prayer isn't just a statement of empty words. Prayer isn't like taking a library book and just seeing words on a page and reciting them and being done and going on about your business. You know what prayer at its face is this. It's getting closer to the Father And the son that he sent. You know what Paul said? Paul said, let's talk about worry. Let's talk about where your mind starts running off at something. Let's start talking about an event that you can't get out of your mind and you just can't quit thinking about it. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about what you do. You go to God in prayer, you get closer to him, you seek his son, fervently, intentionally, and somehow, in an unexplainable way, you find comfort, you find your peace, and it shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Jesus. Do your heart and your mind always lead the same place? I dare say Paul said no. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been led to give us a verse like this. You see, my heart can know that Christ came and gave his life for me. My heart can know that he will bear my burdens. My heart can know that true rest can be in him. But my mind sees an event that affects me in such a way that I have to think about that event and how I can clean it up and how I can fix it or somebody else around me needs to fix it. You know what Paul said? Paul said there's something great about the peace of God that passes all understanding. In seeking him. Romans the 15th chapter says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. You want to get closer to the Savior who came and gave his life for you? You want to get closer to the Father that created you and gave you life? You want to get closer to the Father that sent that Son to give His life for you? You know what Paul said? Paul said, You know, there was a book that was written down, we call it the Scriptures. And through those scriptures that were written aforetime for you and I, through the patience and comfort that we have in them, we have hope. What does that mean? You know, Paul, when he was writing to the church at Philippi, Said, be anxious for nothing, but get closer to Him through prayer. You know what Paul said to the Romans? He said, You want to get closer to Him? You want the peace that passes all understanding? It's not about being able to stand on your head in the middle of a hurricane with one arm and the other arm tied behind your back. See, if you can do that, then you get peace. It wasn't about working harder. It wasn't about having more than enough money than you have something to do with. You know what Paul said here to the Romans? You want hope? You want peace? You want comfort? It's found in the scriptures. Look at 1st Thessalonians 4. In 1st Thessalonians the 4th chapter, verse 13, Paul writes, "But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope; for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him." With these words. For those who have uh, preached a funeral, uh, I think we might say that really uh, this is a verse that's reserved for funerals. Because it's one of the few times that we take these words, and yet that's not what Paul said. Surely, Paul, in writing this, was in fact telling us something about the grief of losing a loved one. But there's so much more to this, and I want you to notice that Paul said, Comfort one another with these words. Not with my words. But the words of the scriptures, how is that comforting? Well, Paul uses two sets of people to make this point. Now, you might be thinking, okay, I get it. What he's using is those who are dead and those who are alive. But that's not at all what Paul is using here. You see, the comfort comes in this. He says there's two types of people. There are those who have hope, and there are those who do not. And then he says, let me tell you about the Lord. The Lord was sent by the Father. When the Lord came to the earth, he gave his life for you. But the story doesn't stop there. See, there's going to come a time when the Lord is going to come back. And he's going to come back for his own. He's going to come back for his children. He's going to come back for his followers. He's going to come back for those he calls and when he comes back in that moment when there's a shout and the trump of God is heard forever is going to start and those that have hope will live with him forever. Do you believe that? If you need to see it in red letter, this is the red letter version of what Paul wrote to Thessalonica. In John the 14th chapter, tra- 14th chapter beginning of verse 1 Jesus said this let not your hearts be troubled you believe in God believe also in me in my father's house are many mansions if it were not so I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also And if we were to sum that up in one word, it is hope. What gives us hope? Does hard work and a job give you hope? What about strength? Does strength give you hope? What about intelligence? Does intelligence give you hope? Let me be blunt here. If you were to think about the strongest person you have ever known, or if you were to think about the smartest person you have ever known, or if you were to think about the kindest person you have ever known, or the meanest person you have ever known or the dumbest person you have ever known. You don't have to like it, but the end is the same. You see, you can take the strongest person you ever knew, the toughest man you ever met, and guess what? His end is death. Smartest person you ever knew, and the smartest person, there's one thing he can't beat, and that's death, unless the strongest person or the weakest person finds their comfort and their hope in Christ. Here's how Paul said it, Philippians the third chapter, yea doubtless and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ and be found in him not having my own righteousness which is of the law but that which is through the faith of Christ the righteousness which is of God by faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. You have to admit that if Paul was here today, you'd have to say he was tough. You'd have to admit... That if Paul was here today, we would say he had suffered and overcome a lot. And Paul said, you can take all of that and cast it aside. Because I find comfort in one thing. To know the Christ. To win the Christ. To be found in Christ, and in the end, to know His resurrection. Where is your comfort this morning? If you're not a child of God this morning, we want you to find the only true peace, the only true comfort. The comfort that passes understanding. The comfort that keeps your hearts and your minds. And that's the comfort of being in Christ. We invite you with the invitation of the Lord this morning to be baptized. To be obedient to his will. To begin walking your life with him. In his peace and his comfort. If you are a child of God. And there's something that we can pray with you or for you to bring your peace back. We'd encourage one of either class to come forward and have a seat on the front row as we stand and sing the song that's been selected.